Hello, hi there. Kunle Egwedu is my name. And I'm happy to be on this platform with you again today. I want to quickly remind you that this is a station dedicated to share revelational secret and undiluted word of God. And I believe that through the word of God, through the revelation of the Most High God, we'll be blessed today, even as we dig deeper into the word of God together. Today, I want to discuss a topic I titled The Parable of the Prodigal Son. And our text is taken from the book of Luke, Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 32. Luke 15, 11 to 32. I read, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a great famine in that land, and they began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pot that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's higher servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher servants. Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Verse 23, And bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and son, your father has killed the fatted cow, but he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. Verse 30, But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with a lot, you killed the fatted calf for him. Verse 31, And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost his fund. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, this is Luke 15. We've just read verse 11 to 32. This is the prodigal son story. This is a story that we are all familiar with. It's a story that so many teachers of the word of God, they've taught us so many times that we've read so many revelations through this word. But I believe that through things that we'll be sharing tonight, 
that God will open our eyes to see few things that He wants us to see and discuss today so that we might be blessed through this particular story. Uh, I have just read from the New King James Version and I believe that whatever fashion that you go with you that you are reading from or you've read from, you realize that the story is just one story that is so popular in Christendom. But there are few secrets that I want us to quickly pick out of this particular story. Even in that particular chapter in Luke 15, we should remember that Jesus Christ narrated three parables there. And all these parables, if you look at them very well, you realize that it was like Jesus Christ was trying to pass a message across to us. If you link these parables together, you know it was like discussing one thing through different stories. And tonight, even as we go into this particular story together, as we've seen that story, that we got three major actors there. The Father, a forgiving Father, which is our God, always ready to forgive us, always waiting to have us back. We have the younger brother, the lost, the sinner, even when the Father has forgiven him. He has condemned himself, passing judgment that he believed that he doesn't deserve to be called his son again. That, in fact, I have lost everything. I would rather be a servant in my father's house because by judgment of men, I'm not worthy to be called his son anymore. That is the second actor there. The third actor is the elder brother, the self-righteous saint. That is what many Christians are today. Those are the people always pointing to God. The reason why they deserve everything. Because they believe they are serving God and they are serving Him rightly. So they deserve everything. They are the one always pointing that why should an unbeliever, why should this person enjoy this? When me that I'm serving you, paying my tithe, coming to church, doing this, doing that. Why am I not getting all this? And this person that is not serving you, they are the judgmental Christians who are always judging, who always believe that they deserve it. Not that God is doing anything or God has given them anything, but they always see it from the point of their right. They don't see grace from, from the point of privilege. But that is not where we are going today. I just want to quickly relate few facts as recorded in this particular parable. I want you to know that it is a parable of restoration of a believer back to the fellowship with God. At every point in time, our God enjoys fellowshipping with us. He wants us to have access to Him. He doesn't want any strain on that relationship that we enjoy with Him. So at all times, our God wants us to be around Him. He doesn't want anything to scare us away from Him. Even though sin, the nature of men, that sin that doesn't permit man to be who God created him to be, even from the beginning. That factor is always there, telling us that we don't deserve to be in the presence of our God. But we have a Father, the God Almighty, the one who is always ready to have us back, the one who is always joyful anytime we call upon Him, the one who is always happy, knowing fully well that we believe and we enjoy that fellowship with Him. Number two, as we see in this story, it is a story that shows the graciousness of the Father overshadowing the sinfulness of the Son. I want you to know that 
Our God is so gracious. He doesn't want us to think that sin is bigger than our relationship with Him. All God desire and always asking us to do is to restrain our steps, is to always come back to Him. He wants us to always know that He's ready to have us back. All God desire from you and I is for us to always know that this is a God that is holy and He desires us to be holy. If you want to enjoy fellowship with Him, He wants us to be blameless. And that is the reason why God wants us so he doesn't want any stain on us because he knows that every stain on us, these are little, little things capable of straining our relationship. These are the little things capable of shifting his eyes away from us. And he doesn't want to do that. And that is the reason why he doesn't want us to sin. And whenever, paraventure, by mistake, we find ourselves in that particular mess, he's always ready to cleanse us. He's always ready to have us back. Number three, it is the memory of Father's goodness that brings the prodigal son to repentance. I tell you, our God wants us to have an understanding that is bigger than, this, than the biggest sin of this world. He wants us to have an understanding that says, I know who my father is. I know that my father is always ready to have me. I know that my father is always ready. He wants us to have a picture of who he is. You know, according to that parable, according to that story that we read in Luke 15, 11 to 32, according to the, pro to the parable of the prodigal son, you realize that at a point in time, the prodigal son flashed back and he started remembering those things about his father, knowing fully where who his father is. That is what God is asking us to do. He wants us to have a heart. He wants us to have a memory that is fond of him, that can adequately describe him, knowing fully where that is. Our God always wants us to keep a good memory of him as a God who is ever loving, as a father who is always ready to have us back, as a father who is always ready to cleanse us, a father who is always ready to dust away our messes, a father who is always ready to restore us back to our original position. That is the memory that brought the prodigal son back. Nobody talked him into repentance, but a very good memory of who his father was, a very good memory of I know what my father is capable of doing. I know the way our servants are living. Those people that my father hired to work on his farm, I know the way they are living. So if they are enjoying that way, I know my father is a father who never lacked. is a father who is always providing. And that is what God wants us to always remember about him as a loving father, as a father who is big enough to always accommodate us, to always have us back. A father who... Who, 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 who is ever ready to provide for us? Number four, the prodigal son asked for his right. That tells us some things might be right, but not loving. It's not everything that is right. Most times when we ask him from the point of being right, sometimes we, 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 we say words from the point of being right. Sometimes we make statements because we think we are right. We know we are the... We, 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 by, by right, we, we have every position, every, every, every right to say that thing. But I'm telling you, according to the story that we've read, not everything that is right, that is loving. And love is bigger than your right. I tell you, if you look at that story very well, you realize that the prodigal son is not loving enough because <laughs> you don't ask for your inheritance. 
from a father who is alive, from a father who is... Why should you ask someone who is still living to give you what belongs to you? That means at that point in time, even if the father reveals that particular request, a prodigal son, that prodigal son might, he might, he might, he might go further to take the life of his father. Sometimes when we think we deserve some things, even though people are not giving it to us, if we allow love to take charge, you realize there won't be any war. You realize that we are not just fighting. You realize that we are at peace with ourselves. You realize that we are able to fulfill the scripture. We are able to follow the, 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 the commandment of God that asks us to follow peace with all men. Because we are not claiming our right. We just choose to be loving. We just choose to extend love to people. Even where they are not showing us enough, enough love. In places where they have been hostile to us. By right, we might just keep them to where they belong. Like people used to say, we might just react to them. Because by right, we have the right. But by love, you realize that even when people are not showing love, by love. We extend our love to them as commanded by God. So that is number four. Number five. Desires of men are mostly run on what is our right. But God is always dealing with us based on love. Like what we said. Our God is relating with us based on love, not based on right. Because if it is based on right, some of us, we don't have any right we don't have anything to lay claim to the grace of God that we enjoy today. But because He's a loving God, He's always relating with us based on love. Despite all what you might have done, despite all I might have done, our God immediately will come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He told us that all things have passed away, all things become new. Do you know the reason why He decided to to? To transform all things to new because he doesn't want to remember our past. He's a loving God. It is only a loving father that does that. The reason why he decided to say, okay, I just want to put your past as your past. I don't want to remember those past because he knows that that is, the, that is a big factor capable of straining our relationship with him. Capable of disturbing that love. Capable of not allowing him to love us the way he desires. So because of that, he put our our past as past. He doesn't want to remember, uh, remember our past. And he doesn't want us as well to dwell on our past. That to, to show us that we have a loving father. So the story of a prodigal son is a story of a loving father. A father, despite all you might have done, is all. So it's always a loving father. He's a loving father. Number six point I want us to quickly take from the from the parable of the prodigal son. Man possesses that foolish ambition to be independent, even when there is no good reason for it. We just want to be free. We just want to be on our own. We just want, even when there is no reason for it. According to the story that we've read in Luke 15, we realize that the prodigal son happened to be a child who was living fine with his father. He got everything around him. He was living a life of luxury. But because of the selfishness, the nature of man, that desire to be unreasonably independent, even when there is no reason for it. He just wants to have what belongs to him. He just wants to just... And that is selfishness on the part of, of man. 
we are always looking for the opportunity to be above, to just be on our own, to enjoy ourselves, to do whatever we like. We don't want to be controlled. We don't want to be in a place where people can guide us. We don't want to be in a place where people can advise us. That is just a bad nature of man. And God wants to always enjoy fellowship with us, not because he wants to make life miserable for us, but because he wants to make life enjoyable for us. I want you to know something. There is no better way to live this world than to enjoy the company of the one that created the world. I tell you, if you enjoy fellowship with God, you realize that some of these things that we that we encounter in this life, in this world, you realize that because God, because God is always on our side, we tend to have victory over those things. But when we are far from God, when we are far to Him, we tend to expose ourselves to dangers of this world. Number seven, conventiousness and greed can only lead us to destructions. Because a man's life is not all about possessions. I want to take that again. Conversiousness and greed can only lead us to destructions because a man's life is not all about our possessions. You know, the greed in man wants us to just have things. We want to buy things. We want to acquire things that we don't even need. We just want to be better than the other person. And happened to, that, that happened to be the story of the prodigal son. He was just desperate, desperate for nothing, desperate to be on his own, to enjoy himself, he want to be better than his brother. He, to him, he doesn't want to be controlled by his father anymore. He just want to be on his own, to go and lavish the wealth of his father, to live the kind of life where nobody can actually tell him that, oh, this is how to go about life. He just want to be the CEO of his life. And that is what so many Christians that is how they still live today. We are not expected to be the sole controller of our lives. We are not expected to be the C in C of our life because we are the we are not the owner of that life. The one who owns the life, the one who created that life, the one who can decide that this life you've done your bit. Okay, now this is your end. Let that person be in charge. Let him be the controller of that life. Let him be the C in C of that life. A life given to Christ is a life that you can be sure that that life will be well managed because no one owns the manual, no one wrote the manual, if not the one that created the life. Let, so if you are privileged to enjoy fellowship with that one, with a man that is telling you, oh, I know how to do this thing. You know, when you have that man in your life, man who has done what you are trying to do before, those are the people that will comment us. We enjoy life very well. We get results easily. How much more God, the one who created us. So every opportunity to be around him is an opportunity to live a stress-free life. Even when people don't know things are working, when it appears as if things are not working, because we are on God's side, we are so sure of where we are going. Because in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the thought I have for you, thought of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. So our God is a God that is, a, that is more interested in our end, even than what we are passing through now. So we don't, let us not just desire to be on our own. Let us always enjoy that fellowship with Him because He's a loving Father. He's a Father who has our best interests at heart. He's a Father who is always ready 
to be our God and to always give us what we desire. Even when we don't even understand, He's always ready to give us. Please don't forget that we are still discussing the parable of the prodigal son as read in Luke 15, 11 to 32. Luke 15, 11 to 32. The eighth point is that the most valuable things in life are things you cannot buy or replace. How do you value your relationship with the father? How do you value your relationship with your friends? How do you value your relationship with your spouse, with your children, with people around you, with people God has placed in your life? I tell you, things of life that we can buy with money, they are nothing. Things that we cannot buy with money, they are priceless. They are things that we should put premium value on. You remember, according to the story that we've read, that the story that we are treating tonight, the parable of the prodigal son, it was that relationship between the father and son that brought the memory of the father back to the son. It was the same relationship that made the father to, 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 to be looking, waiting for when the son will return. I tell you, things of life that we must follow, there are things that money cannot buy. Anyone that you see that the only thing in him or her is about money, things to enjoy, there are people who don't really understand the essence of life. The best things of life, there are things money cannot buy. Number nine, Jesus is a father who is always waiting to receive and restore us back. He's always ready to receive us. Not just to receive us, but to restore us. Jesus is always ready. He, you know, if there is anything I want us to take from that particular passage, if there is anything that this means out of so many points that I've listed, if there is anything I want you to please take from the parable of the prodigal son, is the fact that Jesus is always waiting. Waiting to receive us back. And not just to receive us back. Always waiting to restore us back. So is our father. is always ready. Waiting. Looking for us to having us back. Even when we are still judging ourselves. Condemning ourselves. He's busy waiting. Praying. Thinking that we should just come back to our senses. To remember who he is in our life. So that we can come back. So that he can receive us. And give us that warm embrace of love. And restore us back. To our original position. And that is the reason why Jesus came to this world. To have us back and restore us back to sonship. Hallelujah. Number 10. The prodigal son concluded in his heart to return as a slave. But to his surprise and delight, he was restored back to his full privilege as a son. I want to quickly say this. I tell you, no matter what you've done, no matter what you think, ah, you've done that, oh, You've gone beyond what is expected of you. Uh, this thing you cannot share with anybody. Men cannot understand you. Don't even, I'm telling you, you don't need to disturb yourself. There is no need. There is no point for men to understand you. But you have a God that is not even waiting for you to tell him the story because he's aware of what you've done. And he's waiting to have you back. He's waiting to return you to your full position as a son is waiting to return every privilege of sonship back to you is waiting for you to have your space it is a father it's not just one of those fathers that immediately a son is not around again they quickly replace him with another person he's a son 
is a father that is always ready to restore his children back. He's always ready to look out for them. He's always ready. You know, in one in that particular book, in one of the parables, he will ask that who among you can lose a coin out of ten and you will not look for it. He's a God that is always ready to look for us. He's always on the look. He's never tired. He's always looking out to have us back. So I want you to know that God is waiting wherever you are, no matter what you've done. Don't think it's too big. Don't think that is anything you've done. That God, I tell you, the main thing for him is to have you back. He's just interested in having you back. He's looking forward to receiving you back. He's looking forward to restoring you back. He wants to restore all the privilege. You've not lost anything. To you, you might think you've done, ah, you've done the worst. But our Father is always telling us, just come back to me. I want to restore you. That is why I want to have you back. I just want to restore you. I don't want you to just stay away. I want to have you back and restore you back. Our God is always ready to restore us back. Number 11. Grace of God can restore anyone from state of destitution to complete restoration. When you want to move from state of destitution to complete restoration, all you need is grace of God. And that grace is made available. It's waiting for us. It's not something that when you are ready, that you need to work for it, you need to look for it. All what God is asking us to do is to restrain our steps, is to come back home, to tell him that, Daddy, we are sorry, that please just have me back. Daddy, I want... He wants us to build a fresh relationship with us, with him. He wants us to start a new beginning with him. He wants us to put our past as past. He wants us to push those things behind us. He wants us to focus on him, the author and the finisher of our feet. And that is why at every point in time, he's waiting, looking out for us, waiting for when we are coming back. Number 12, I want us to quickly see this action of the father. The very first action, he gave the prodigal son the best robe. That means God is waiting to restore your dignity and honor. God wants to restore your dignity and honor back. Whatever you think you might have lost, whatever thing you think, oh, because of shame you don't want to come back, that is the reason why God wants you to come back. He is aware that you are shameful where you are. He is aware of your struggles. He knows everything about you and he wants to restore you back. He wants to give you back your dignity and honor. The, the second thing he gave him happened to be a ring. Ring signifies covenant. And what the ring that the father put in his hand signify is covenant of authority and sonship. God is waiting to renew that covenant of sonship and authority with us because every authority in heaven and earth has been given to our father and he is waiting for us to enjoy this authority through our sonship and is waiting to put that ring in our finger so that we can have authority and enjoy sonship with under him so that we can have dominion we can he can restore us back to our original position what he has given us he wants us to have it back he doesn't want sin to 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 deprive of what he has released into our life he doesn't want sin to deny us things he has given unto us the father put sanders <laughs> he asked the servant to 
to, to put sandals on his feet. And that is a sign that to separate slaves and sons. You know, immediately the prodigal son returned back home, the father put sandals on his feet just to separate him from the slave. Our father is aware of how we are struggling with things of this world is aware how you are struggling with that addiction is aware of how you are struggling with your debt is aware of how you are struggling to live a righteous life and he is asking you to just please come back to him to ask him to have you back and he's he's ready the standard is ready to put on your feet he wants to separate you from the slaves he wants to separate you from those sinners he wants to separate you from those people without christ he wants people to know that you are for him and he wants to show the world that is for you as well and the the last thing the father did he said they should go and kill the fatting calf hmm. there was a bloodshed you know bloodshed signifies atonement that means father made atonement for their sake and that is what our lord jesus christ came to this world to do gave his life gave his blood so that our sins can be atoned and killing of that calf signifies celebration and god is waiting to have us back so that that we can celebrate so that heavens can celebrate our restoration. I want you to know that wherever you are, whatever struggling you are, you are battling with, whatever struggle you are battling with today, God is waiting to have you back because He wants to restore you and He wants heavens to celebrate you. He wants celebration galore to happen in heaven because at the point of our restoration, our father is celebrating every point that people restore when wherever people are restored whenever people retrace their steps when he receives back he's always celebrating he wants to celebrate you as well and please come back so you are expected back because god wants to celebrate you he wants to receive you back he wants to restore you back and above all he wants to celebrate you he's happy to have you back Number 13, according to our story in Luke 15, the, the parable of the prodigal son that we are treating, the Lord does not treat us as we deserve or repay us according to our sins. Instead of condemnation, He gives celebration. You know, we've said this before, that God is waiting to celebrate us. He, we are the one that condemn ourselves. It is men that condemn self. It is we that we've seen what we've done. Oh, it, yes, what we've done is bad. But even despite that, God wants to have us back because He wants us to be celebrated. He wants to celebrate us. God wants us to have, He wants to have us back because He doesn't pay us back. It is not by right, like I said earlier on, it is by grace of God. And it is that grace given to us through Jesus Christ that God is asking. He doesn't want us to perish, but have everlasting life. And how do you have everlasting life? Is when you are restored back to sonship. It is when we come back to our understanding of Christ. It's when we come back to our understanding of Him as a God who is capable of having us back, as a God who is capable of receiving receiving us back and as a God who is capable of restoring us back he said he wants us to come back to him he not, he's not ready to pay us back we are the one condemning ourselves in fact 
what God has in stock for us is to celebrate us, not condemnation. It is celebration on his side, not condemnation. He said, therefore, there is no condemnation. In Romans 8, he said, therefore, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ. He wants us to come back to being in him because he's ready for us. Number 14. The older son is like many of us. Outward appearance, words of mouth, justifying how we deserve all because we are perfect. That is how many children of God, in quotes, that is how they live. We live like the older son, believing that we are perfect. We are the reason why people are, why people are not staying in the church again, where people don't feel comfortable because we are judging them. Who are we to judge the one who God is celebrating? Who are we to condemn the one who God is celebrating? God wants us to encourage people to come back to him. He doesn't want us to condemn them. Even though you know their story, you know when they did what they did, you know everything they had to say. But there is something that you should know as well. The fact that God is seeing a bigger picture, a picture that is bigger than their present predicament, a, big, a picture that is bigger than their sin, a picture of celebration, not condemnation. Even when you think you deserve it, because you believe you've been a born again, you've been a child of God, you've been in church for years, for donkey years, why should this, this is not how we do it. No, the story of the prodigal son according to Luke 15, 11 to 32 that we've read is a story of God welcoming people back the way they are. The prodigal son was not looking for money to buy all those things or okay, let me go and borrow money, let me look for money to, to, to give my father back because I've wasted his money. He returned the way he was and that is how God wants us as his students to receive people back to our food. Let them come the way they are. He's not expecting them to be perfect. We serve a perfect God who is ready to make those who can return back to him perfect. He is the one that will perfect everything that concerns them. We should not disturb our own head. What we should do as believers is to encourage these people, is to share the word of God to them, is to let them realize that God is waiting to have them back. He's not ready to condemn them. God is waiting to celebrate their return. So, instead of condemnation, let us preach celebration. Let us celebrate the return of lost souls. Because that is what gives our God joy. If that is what gives him joy, we, should, we too should encourage that in our midst. As children of God, don't let us condemn. Let us celebrate. Let us celebrate people who are coming back. Don't let us judge them. If God is not judging them, if God is happy to have them back, who are we to judge them? We are not happy that Christians are doing this and we should turn a new leaf. Let us not condemn. Number 15, which is the last point today. The younger son is an ideal child of God. Those who are ready to appraise their lives, those who are ready to retrace their steps and reconcile with God. They are the owners of the kingdom. They are the true children of God. They are the ones who can lay claim to say we have a father in heaven. We have a father called Jesus. We have we enjoy fellowship with him. He doesn't want us to be full of ourselves. 
He doesn't want us to take our salvation for granted. He wants us to consistently appraise our standing in Christ. He always wants us to always stay stuck of our life to see what we are doing that we should improve, what we are not doing right that we should drop. That is how God wants us to live. So the story of the prodigal son as related to us by Jesus Christ in Luke 15, 11 to 32 is a story that is embedded with wisdom. It's a story that is full of wisdom for Christians that we are expected to apply to our lives. We are expected to apply the teachings in, of that parable to our daily Christian life so that when our Christ, when Christ returns, he will meet a perfect church. He will meet us as a saint that is ready for his second coming. If you are listening to this podcast wherever you are and you are not so sure of your salvation or you've not given your life to Christ, I want to provide you an opportunity tonight to return back to Christ because he's ready, waiting to have you back. No matter what you've done, no matter where you are, God is waiting to receive you back. He's ready to give you that warm embrace. He's ready to receive you back and to restore you back. He wants to have you. I want to talk to you, my sister. I want to talk to you, my brother. Wherever you are that you are fortunate to listen to this podcast, please, it is not because I'm perfect that I'm sharing this, but I'm just telling you based on what Holy Spirit has permitted me to do today to let you know that. Our God is waiting to have you back. He's seen beyond your sin. He's not seeing you as a sinner. He's seeing you as a child of God. He's seeing you as his own, the one he wants to restore. He's not condemning you. In fact, he's waiting to celebrate you. And I want you to quickly say this word of prayer wherever you are. Please, I want you to quickly say this word of prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I return to you. I confess that I'm a sinner. I want you to have me back. Take over my life and let it be yours forever. Be the controller of my life and let me live a life that is pleasing to you alone all days of my life. And when you return to take the saints, can't me worthy to reign with you in eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've said that prayer, I want to congratulate you that you are welcome to this kingdom. We are happy to have you back. We are happy that we are many, that we that, that you, you are a son with authority in this kingdom. And I want to please encourage you to please not take it for granted again. Get yourself a Bible. Get yourself a believing church and make sure that you enjoy fellowship with God. And I want you to know that everything that you have lost by this time, Next month, I want you to know that you will tell a good story of restoration of God who has restored everything you've lost. And I want you to know that even as you have been restored back, Satan dare not take away what God has given you. Satan dare not challenge your sonship again because you have a God who is bigger than any challenge of life who is bigger than every challenge of the devil is always for you and is expecting you to stand for him forever i want to bless god for this podcast i want to bless god for this great platform if this has been a blessing to you please i want you to share with another person and i want you to make it a day with me on another topic when we share another insight of the word of god 
place this is a world beyond the world this is a platform that god has given unto us to share his word even without limit please wherever you are please make sure you share this with somebody and if you want to share a word with me please you are free to send me a message you can please contact me maybe on instagram at coach kunle coach kunle or you can send me a mail at kunles at yahoo.com k-u-n-l-e-l or you send me a private message on facebook or you send it through this platform again mm-hmm. I want to appreciate you and I want to say God bless you even as you enjoy this relationship with God. I pray you will never lose your sonship. You will never lose your glory. God will always support you. He will give you divine strength. Thank you so much. I want to say thank you and I want to bless all of you who have been sending messages as well. People who have been sending prayer requests. People who have been encouraging me that when are we going to own this platform so that we can be a blessing to you. So that we can be a blessing to the body of Christ. I want you to know that we are sharing the word of God not because I know that you, not because I want to prove anything, but because this is what the Spirit of God is asking us to do part time. God is asking us that we should stand up and shine for Him. He's not really interested in us complaining about what is happening about this world. He's not really interested in about Christians running up and down. He wants us to stand for Him. He has commanded us in Isaiah 61. He says, I rise and shine for the glory of God is upon you. Please, wherever you are, rise and shine share the word of god with somebody let them know that you stand for christ let them know that god is for you and you are for him that is one of the ways that we display and we exercise sonship in christ please i want you to know if the word if they are sharing negativity let us share the word of god that is what we are commanded to do we are not to condemn them we are to command things around us we are how do we command things around us by sharing the word of God. What is the word of God? Remember in Genesis, he told us that he is the word himself. Every time that you share the word of God, you are sharing God with somebody. And I know God will always reward you. You will never lose your sonship. I want to thank you. And I want to say, God bless you. And see you some other time. Bless you forever.